Welcome to Guys We Fucked. <laughs> guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry, sorry about, about last, last night. night. The anti-slut-shaming podcast. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> Hey, fuckers, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. It's the anti-slut, I mean, podcast. I'm Corinne. I'm Christina. That electric scooter might be fun, Corinne. It also might be deadly. Uh-oh. CNN reports. This is today's news item, guys. A lot of shit's happening in the world. We're recording this intro in advance, so if something crazy's happened, we're not commenting on it because we haven't lived it yet. But man, these scoot scooters... My friends told me I looked like a human missile, said Brandon Nelson, a 32-year-old firefighter, Oh, as he recounted an accident last month on an electric scooter in San Diego, one of the hundreds released into the city's streets by Bird, a California-based rideshare company. Headed to, heading to a hotel cross, across town with five other firemen. Is this a porn plot? Whoa. He struck a bump in the road and flew off the scooter. Like most riders, he won't wear a helmet. And he lost consciousness after hitting the pavement oh at the USCS, UCSD Medical Center. Nelson was treated for, for a concussion, a broken nose. Ooh. Oh, that beautiful broken nose. Jesus. And lacerations across the face, leaving him with wounds that have yet another month to heal. I was in the trauma unit for maybe 20 minutes when a, tw- <laughs> when a 28-year-old man was wheeled in with a head injury. He had also been riding a bird scooter and had a brain bleed, so they were taking him up to the emergency surgery to relieve the pressure in his head. Nelson, who grew up riding dirt bikes and motocross, never had an injury like this. I'd fallen off those bikes before, but I always had a helmet on for protection, he said. With the scooters, you're wearing whatever you wore to dinner. <laughs> It's true. Uh, these scooters, guys, you got to watch out for them. Many people have died on these scooters. Uh, rest in peace. Carlos Sanchez Martin died on a Lime scooter. After, uh, I'm not going to go into these details. It's sad, but he died, and that's sad. You guys got to be careful. Um, you, you have a public that hasn't been aware of the inherent dangers in what they see as fun recreational vehicle. They're no safer than any other motorized vehicle and in some ways are more dangerous than a bicycle. I think in a lot of ways. Because they're um, motorized, yeah. And uh, users can locate and unlock the devices using their smartphone, but scooter companies require little training for first-time riders. Bird's app, for example, just shows users a series of graphics that tell riders to do things like bring your own helmet and ride in bike lanes. Oh, it's very helpful. Yeah. Uh, Lime operates in uh, 70 cities across the country. They offer a how to lime instructional video but the company does not require riders to watch it before riding so they ain't gonna go wait a second i want to ride this scooter should i look up if there's an instructional video to tell me i have to not get lacerations if i had to possibly die no one's doing that they're trying to scoot scoot across the city they don't got time for that um and then this girl i didn't realize how fast the scooters went and how quickly (laughs) they accelerated they travel up to 50 miles per hour corinne that's fast, said Daniela Rivera. Shout out. I don't know her. Uh, a 25-year-old actress who lives in Los Angeles. I got on the scooter, pressed the gas, and the scooter just completely slipped out from under me. I skid across the gravel floor and had burns all over my legs. She couldn't work for a week. Who's also scooting on gravel? I mean, you got to scoot on the sidewalk, but maybe Trying that's... Trying to scoot to an audition? <laughs> Girl, I'll scoot. You got an Uber or Lyft or something. I yeah, don't you know. get there faster. Uh, so, you know, just guys, be careful with those scooters out there. They're real risky. 
some cities are trying to block companies from from putting them in, but then apparently the companies just go to the city and drop off the scooters and Damn. don't say anything. And some cities have been ordered, the sanitation workers have been ordered to just take up, take the scooters and like take them. Um, and this is a picture of the firefighter oh guy God. giving a thumbs up with a with a with a neck brace. And on. he's a firefighter, so the, and so it's unlike other you know like unlike police, like he they actually have to pr- keep it pretty tight when they go on windows. <laughs> That's true and stuff. You know, yeah, they keep it at real a certain tight. point. You just can't uh, get in a window. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Okay, Small so care, careful on those on scoot scoot. You might want to scoot scoot, but uh, wear a helmet. Maybe wear knee pads, guys. You got to be careful. I also think there's something to like, maybe adults just weren't meant to scoot. It's like, you know, I haven't I scooted since I was a child. I haven't either, but I really want to scoot. And maybe there's scoot. a reason for that. Oh, It I, was so fun. I know. Did you have a Razor scooter? No, but by the time Razor came out, I was done. My scooting years you were, were over. You weren't scooting no more? Yeah, I, was, okay. I wasn't. And also like, because they were so popular, you know, anytime so something is really popular, you know, I just You're hate like, it. Never mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, so. come see us live. Yes. Uh, Chicago, that's sold out and stop bitching about it. Um, <laughs> we're going to be in Rosemont, Illinois. Uh, Which is like right by Chicago. One of those 20 is minutes. already sold out. I know someone said, but with traffic, it's like 60 minute, oh, minute to 90 minutes. Oh, podcast. But then, but then also, I was thinking in my head all the crazy things I've done for people that I've liked and how far I've traveled and it, like I've taken planes, trains, but like you know, it's like automobile. You know, what's what's your level of commitment? And if it's not sixty minutes, that's fine. We so know that just now. Be traveling. We for know like that five now. hours. Yeah. Oh my god. To, and I'm like. Yeah shit and that's fine like but I just gotta... that's that's the offer we have we have no other chicago offers so yeah this is what you got take it's it or what leave we it. have we'd love to see you if not we'll be okay um <laughs> i mean he's like you know i'm gonna kill myself but i hope you come uh yeah i would i would prefer you came but if you didn't i can't I beg you i, I cannot beg in. you to come um you I'll... could you could you do you and then uh winnipeg canada we're gonna be at rumors in january we know it's cold we'll bundle up thursday january 24th through saturday january 26th five shows total Go to sorryaboutlastnightcomedy.com slash tours for all other dates. We also update uh, shows frequently on our social media. It's mm-hmm. Sorry About Last Night for joint information. I'm at Philanthropy Gal on all social media. I'm Christina Hutch. Uh, thanks to everyone who came out to the live uh, recording of Two Less Lonely Girls for the New York Comedy Festival. Again, we're, How'd it go? we're recording this very far in <laughs> advance, so maybe no one showed up. Not sure. That's not true. Uh, but, you know, continue listening Did to the, the podcast. Come? Oh, God. I, I don't think. I, I don't think you he never came. know I don't think he came uh, yeah, well. uh, but yeah listen to the podcast Mondays uh, comes out on Spotify and iTunes Glamapus is the greatest day of the month besides your period because you're not pregnant hey Glamapus is happening Saturday December 1st in New York City at Zinc Bar 82 West 3rd Street uh, it's co-hosted by myself and Wendy Starling the show will sell out there's a link in the description of this very podcast uh, to get tickets. It's 21 and up. And if you guys have music, if you're a musician or uh, you know a person who is a musician, but they would want their music submitted, every song that you hear on this podcast is user submitted, um, which is really exciting because you guys are fucking talented. So if you are interested in submitting uh, your music, go submit streaming links. You got you to gotta send streaming links. That's very important to GWF podcast music at gmail.com and Mike Coscarelli will listen to your tunes. Yeah, don't send them to us because we're not forwarding them. Just no. because you can't follow directions out of spite, I'm not forwarding them. Maybe you should have pressed the rewind button instead of tweeting at us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy a mug that says that. <laughs>
Tackle your holiday shopping and get everything you need for you and your loved ones at MeUndies. MeUndies uses a coveted micromodal fabric, which is three times softer than motherfucking cotton. Plus, with four different cuts for men and women, you can get a style that is perfectly suited for you. All available in classic colors and adventurous prints. Speaking of prints, this holiday season, MeUndies will be releasing a new print every Tuesday, so you can celebrate the holidays right down to your very core, your booty. But why stop at MeUndies? Or why stop at Undies, rather? MeUndies also offers holiday prints in their lounge pants and onesies, both of which are made from the same micromodal fabric as their undies. And holy shit, I have a pair, and they're fucking the most comfortable lounge pants I have ever worn in my entire life. This shit is soft as hell. It's like you're sitting on clouds. And now our listeners can get 15% off their first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee when you go to meundies.com slash GWF. This is a no-brainer, you guys. That's meundies.com slash GWF. Now you got your meundies. You scoot, scoot, scoot. Your booty looking all good. What are you going to do with your titties? That's where Third Love comes in. Support for today's show comes from Third Love. Using millions of real women's measurements, Third Love designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind for an impeccable fit and incredible feel. With cups from A through H and brands up to 48, bands up to 48. I was like, brands? It's all Third Love. (laughs) Up to 48. Third Love offers double the number of sizes that uh, most other brands offer. Check out the new cotton collection, which was created as a result of customer requests for especially soft, breathable bras and underwear you want to wear every fucking day. And remember, if for some reason you don't love their product, return and returns and exchanges are easy and free. I love Third Love's bras on my titties. I got tig old bitties. Well, I started working out and they got a little smaller, which is good. I was glad about that. But now I'm a D. And uh, a lot of times when I go to other places to get a bra, first of all, it's a pain in the ass because I don't like shopping for clothes. And secondly, uh, bras for chicks with big tits, they just, they, they're too like robust and tight. I don't like the way they feel. Third Love makes me feel like, you know, I don't feel my boobs all the time when I'm walking. I really like that in their bras. And they're tagless, so no itches. I love that. I think it's a really good touch. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they are offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com, T-H-I-R-D, love.com, slash G-W-F now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That is thirdlove.com, slash G-W-F, for 15% off today. Thank you to Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. With three mattress models, the original Casper, the Wave, and the Essential, uh, Casper mattresses are perfectly designed to soothe and cradle your natural geometry. Not to mention, the breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. And it's delivered right to your door in a small how-do-they-do-that size box with free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada. But the best part is that you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. After all, you spend one-third of your life sleeping, so you should do more stuff. No, just kidding. You should be comfortable. Uh, Guys, I love Casper mattresses. Uh, I think they're really fun. I sleep on them every night, but... 
um, a thing of note is that when dudes sleep on my bed, they're always like, oh my God, this is so comfortable. Mm -hmm. What kind of a mattress is this? And I'm like, it's a Casper. Now get off it (laughs) because you didn't buy it. (laughs) All right. Mama's got to do stuff. Get the fuck off this mattress. You don't live here. Thank you. Ooh, sounds like a great rap music video. (laughs) It does. Uh, That's a real insider uh, tip. You, you know the, the true fans yeah, figured out the true fans will know what's Figure up with that one. Uh, but guys, get fifty dollars toward select mattresses by visiting Casper, spelled like the ghost, C A S P E R dot com slash G W F and using code G W F at checkout. That's Casper dot com slash G W F. Offer code G W F for fifty dollars five zero off your mattress purchase. Terms and conditions apply i met out with a guy named casper once you did yeah he had long blonde hair hmm. and he was a bartender casper it was a casper with a k mm. yeah casper he had a nice butt i had a crush on an, a man named conrad with a k Ooh, fun I think he was polish i think that's what it was a k one of those high school crushes hey conrad Aww. you listening I used to, How you doing? You single? send you a lot of messages. You How are lady. you? Remember MySpace? Those times were good. Zanga? <laughs> uh, all right. So we're going to read an email from the fucker in bag. Uh, not in bag. I don't know what the fucking in bag is. Mailbag. Uh, if you want to email us, it's sorryaboutlastnightshow at gmail.com. You know what's going to annoy us, so don't do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's your email, Corinne? I want to email the show. Ah, hi, ladies. Please don't say my name. Uh the subject line is was this incest Uh oh i'm 21 and i love rough sex i like to be demeaned and humiliation type stuff to an extent nothing crazy but i like it so i also have crazy anxiety and i'm on meds but sometimes they don't help that's why i'm reaching out i sometimes remember things from my childhood where i'm like oh fuck i messed up so thinking back to when i was a kid i used to play quote princess and slave with my sister i always wanted to be the slave i always i also used to um give her back and foot massages all the time for fun i knew i liked it but i didn't know why i had a tingle in my pants but i didn't know it was sexual thinking back now i'm like fuck i was doing kinky shit and didn't even know is this incest i'm like really freaked out because that's so crazy i wasn't like masturbating after or anything i just like to play the games and now i have this uh kink and i'm like what the fuck this was definitely related to that thank you for reading and pretty please answer me i'm so anxious about it Um, girl your anxiety you got you don't have to worry about this one what you don't have to worry about this one. Oh yeah no i know i was like i read this and i was just like okay no number one it's not incest i mean like if like you're not like making out with your sister this is uh, when you were fingering her jesus yeah this is like when you were a kid you were experimenting and i would say like even if you were like pretty young and it was like a consensual like same age exploration type thing and even if you were doing something as uh, as intense as like touching each other's like vaginas or something i still wouldn't include that in incest uh it's exploration uh, Unless I, it was like a brother sister, I feel like that might be. Nah, I, I don't know the story from when I was like. I mean, again, really young, and it wasn't like. I mean, they weren't having sex, but they were right. just definitely like touching. I mean, I think it's like you have these parts, you don't know what they do, and you it's feel coming, a little tingle. If you're the same, if like you're both, you know, it's like two four year olds or two six year olds. It's coming. This is it's coming from uh, just a curious place. Yeah. You're not. You don't know enough to be like I'm gonna fuck my sister. Oh, you have no fuck idea. This bitch on the couch right now. We watch Zoobly Zoo, bitch. Yeah, I think. Again, okay. like this is just like a bunch of shame and like you know no no one wants to talk 
talk about it because stuff like this is, has been so filled with shame and like so like oh my god this is gross and then you can never talk about it but that's why we need to talk about it, and that's why I try to select these you know quote weirder emails about weirder subjects so people can just like back off themselves yeah and not spend 20 years worrying if you did something fucked up um I mean, obviously, I only know the information you're giving me. Back and foot massages. Who doesn't like those? Yeah, I pay strangers to give those for me, so that's not weird at all. You give your like, you give your mom. I used to give my fucking third oh, grade teacher my a, 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 a light back massage. I mean, obviously, in this day and age, Whoa. that would never be allowed. She's a Karen, woman, but like, doesn't matter. She, I gave really good massages, so like in the just you in the middle her, of a class, I would really? do it. Yeah, I mean, you that's know, very nice of you. Yeah, I guess everyone. Did she ask for a massage? Yeah, They're, I mean, I, I think, mean, all right, lady, go go go, go was, order zeal or some shit. Come on, this was long before the days of zeal, though. Dude, my mom used to tell me because she had chronic pain in her yeah. neck and shoulders that uh, I used to massage her all the time as a kid, and I and I would t- I was be like, Mom, I'll massage you like her back, neck, and shoulders, and she'd be like, the the more you massage me, the longer I'll live. And I was like, I don't want mommy to die. And then I grow up and I'm like, mom, that's fucked up. Oh my that's God. fucking rude, but also pretty hilarious, Nancy. You got me to do what you wanted. I like it. I mean, All right. You know, relaxation is, but yeah, you didn't do anything yeah. wrong. And, uh, uh, well, and also I was just until I think everyone has like a story from their childhood. I remember, and I think we've talked about this before. Like I used to play house with like my friends, for, like from the block or my friends from school, both oh, male yeah. and female. Yeah. And we would like do weird Butt things. Touching. Like, yep. Yeah, Pat or like pat on like the genitals like yeah. over the clothes I think yeah. it was usually or like put a mask on and like try to like kiss I mean this is yeah. just like you, you it's so it's such yeah. a sweet way of exploring You're fine. your own body and what another person body it like it's just it's an odd experience to be like in front of another person's body up close for the first time it's even if it's it's kind of sexual but like you don't even know that at the time if you're that young you know what I mean and it's kind of just like you know fucking uh, don't beat yourself up over it um, it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You're not. You don't have to go to jail for incest. <laughs> yeah, man, that isn't. You do have anxiety. That is. Uh, that's some. Uh, that's something like I would fucking get caught up on that shit. Yeah, and also like the th- the kinks that you have now just have. I mean, they have nothing to. They, to me, there's no correlation. Yeah, between them. And you- a lot of times there are. There is not a correlation between someone's kink. Sometimes there is, but sometimes there's not. And sometimes you just see it in a porn and you're like, that's fucking hot. And yeah, sometimes it's that. the smell of dryer sheets that makes you horny. You know, you don't know. People are all kinds of stuff. It's mm-hmm. okay. We're mm-hmm. okay. As long as you're not violating somebody and doing something without their consent, uh, you're fine. You're okay. You know, like we said, we were recording this email or this intro, you know, a week in advance. I'm probably having a lot of sex. I'm going to guess, you know, I'm going to predict <laughs> the future and be like, man, Christina, she's just out there fucking. She's fucking her vibrator uh okay today's oh, i fucking love this week's uh, guest yes, so much this is amazing excellent interview today's guest she is a sex educator she's an artist uh she's written several books one of them the title is urban tantra sacred sex for the 21st century ladies and gentlemen please welcome barbara Corellis.
Okay, we are here with Barbara Corellis. Hi there. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I was reading a lot about you on the way over here and about the training that you have. You went to the School of Sexology? Ah, no. Okay. No, I always fact check the Wikipedia page with the actual person because sometimes it's not true. (laughs) No, my, my. my training is is wide and varied with a whole bunch of different people and life experiences and created learning experiences. I did not go to school for oh. sexology, but the um, certification board took into consideration everything I had studied right. and turned it into a certificate. Oh, wow. Oh, awesome. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. What got you interested in sex? I mean, I was, aside yeah, yeah. from its sex, yeah, I mean, I'm interested yeah, in that. Yeah. It was, the two things I was most interested in as a, as a kid, as a teenager, were theater and sex. And um, I pursued the theater part of that interest for the first, basically, half of my life. Mm-hmm. Or more, actually, more. And the AIDS crisis in the 80s brought the question of sex back up although mm. i did not leave the theater that's in fact I, I i worked on broadway in new york for many 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 years damn and i continued to do so however obviously being at one of the epicenters of the aids crisis um more and more of my friends and colleagues got sick and died <sighs> and it was it was wild because it was uh, in 1982. I was doing Nine, the musical, which won mm-hmm. like all the Tony yeah. Awards and was like this. Is this before the um, creation of Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS? Just. Okay. Just because the New York Times had not started talking about AIDS till July of 1981. Mm. 81. And what year was this? 80? And, and Nine opened in 82. And the president wasn't to my Didn't recollection. Didn't talk about it until the mid 80s. Just. No one recognized it as everybody saw their friends dying. Around and well, them. we didn't call it AIDS then either because we didn't know that's what it was because mm-hmm. we didn't know what caused it. What were their guesses? Gay, can- gay cancer. Oh, that wasn't just like a sign on a Westboro Baptist protest on a funeral. That was like an actual guess people had. Then, of course, there was God's retribution. That was one of my favorites. Oh, boy. <laughs> it was rough. Yeah. Um, finally, by the middle late 80s, I, it, it, I'd gotten really despairing and i went to a support group founded um on louise hayes work with uh, people with aids in los angeles and in new york it was called the new york healing circle and that's where i met annie sprinkle and joe kramer oh annie sprinkle i've heard annie sprinkle the performance artist then porn star yes transitioning into feminist porn and performance art at the time Mm -hmm. and joseph kramer who founded modern day sexological body work but back then body electric and we all had the same question what are we going to do about sex because right now nobody's having sex because sex equals death but when people start having sex again which they will do what are we going to do about sex and specifically we were concerned with our community and we wanted to find some way of doing sex that also had a grief relief system built in and um, a spiritual aspect given the God's re- retribution yeah, angle. So you didn't have been a lot of knowledge about the about AIDS at the time, but you knew it was coming By from sex. By the late eighties, we knew. Okay, 
and this we're getting into the late 80s we were we yes it, okay by, did straight people have aids as well yes okay but uh, that's not what the press was looking at right but, of course not yeah. and then of course we were sitting there going you know what a lot more straight people are going to get this absolutely <laughs> because now we know how it's transmitted it's transmitted through sexual contact fluids, it's yeah. and body fluids blood and so obviously um uh, uh people who share needles Drug, right. drug users were at risk uh the whole population was actually at risk yeah so um joe had been had it was a, a former jesuit and he was a body worker and he'd done um breath work uh therapies primarily rebirthing we won't go into that but it's a therapy rebirthing rebirthing is a therapeutic like a th- breath. spiritually rebirthing it's it, it's a breath technique it's more like a psychological technique it's Ooh. you use your breath quite forcefully to bring up old traumas Hmm. I feel like I'm getting an anxiety attack even thinking about that. That is so something I could use. It's it's pretty intense. (laughs) He started using breath work mixed in with body work and um, specific erotic touch, kind of like a sexual reflexology, genital reflexology. So like touching those Touch, places touching very specifically where the, the clitoris like, uh, yeah, he started gay man he started oh, the with butt? with cocks mm-hmm. okay cocks cock reflex think oh, cock okay, reflexology yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah what's this spot what's that spot right you know like that the t- yeah okay combine that with cock conscious breath and great body work and because he was borrowing from rebirthing the breath is bring is bringing up stuff and imagine a age of aids how much stuff was emotional stuff was there and it was turning into an incredibly ecstatic healing intimate important experience that was sex-based but it was something else and it was it turned into what is now sexological body work and has formed the basis of a lot of what i do although i've changed the breaths dramatically to make it less of a therapy process unless of course that's and more sexual and more meditative okay. and my my intention is to take people on a journey okay it's just my take on it you could do it any number of different ways and i offer that to my coaching clients mm-hmm. depending on what their interest is but um so yeah back then and so annie and i started looking studying tantra because joe had the taoist angle taoist uh, sexuality being a branch of chinese medicine he had that covered sexuality Taoist so, sexuality was a branch of uh, chinese uh, medicine it's it, it's yeah as opposed to in india where tantra was mm-hmm. more of a, a spiritual practice slash social political revolt <laughs> oh okay <laughs> Got it. and so annie and i started studying tantra which at the time um was primarily based in america on what came through the osho ashram in Pune, india and okay. and later Oregon and yes we've all seen Wild Country the yeah, documentary wait, is that the same? that's the same Osho. Hmm. Oh, How, however, he did he had a he, um, his take on tantra, which is now commonly called neo tantra, was a translation of tantra for the West in the times we live in, and a lot of the tantra people are doing today is based on that tantra, which is not a bad thing. If you read his takes on Tantra and his analysis of Tantra, Osho was actually an incredibly intelligent person. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot in there of of serious merit. Um, So we started studying Tantra 
which at the time was very heterosexual. People were interpreting the union of Shakti and Shiva, which is uh, energy and consciousness, to be like boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh. Uh, (laughs) And it was very heterosexual. And obviously our community was not. Right. So Annie and I would go and learn something, a technique, a chant, a way of moving energy. uh, And people would try to pair us up would take, try to separate us and pair us up with, with Guys. men. Yeah. Mm. It's like, oh, it's not going to work. And we're like, it's okay. <laughs> just watch. Watch and learn. <laughs> like, we got it. <laughs> and then we would try something and we would, if it worked, we'd take it back to the healing circle the next Tuesday. So wait, when you would try something in this group that you would take back to the healing circle, are we talking, what is the room? Is it a room full it's of people full, sitting in a circle? Yeah. And what is what are you being you instructed might, to do? You might be eye gazing. You might be doing breath work. You might be touching hearts. Okay. Learning how to visualize, imagine, and create energy circles between partners. Okay, between two people, between not everybody people. in the room. Yes. And this Although, was sexual. Um, you... Sexual energy is not the same thing as sex. Sexual energy, I, yeah, yeah. I but explain because I, I I know what you're saying, but I can't articulate why that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Sexual energy, you know, there's no difference between you know petting the little dog uh, energy. There's a little dog here. Mm-hmm. Aren't you jealous? He's adorable. <laughs> petting the little dog energy and going to work energy and recording this podcast energy and then there's sexual energy no and some people like reeks that though yeah you know it's all sexual energy it's just like which perfume you want to put on it because i'm taking your reek example i like that um you know which flavor yeah you want to put what what flavor of life force energy are you expressing right now and you can turn up the volume on any one of them including sexual energy Mm -hmm. and yes we so sexual energy separated from sex and genitals is a fascinating thing because when you go into sexual energy you start to see that a huge percentage of what you're getting off on when you're having sex is the energy yeah not just the, the touch or whatever yeah the, Any, whatever. the thing that's touching you yeah yeah exactly the thing that's touching yeah. you yeah mm-hmm. and that's what we practiced a lot of and not only would we get into orgasmic states we'd get into expanded consciousness kind of depending on your orientation spiritual states yeah those places where it feels like your molecules have stepped a couple of feet apart and you kind of just sort of vaporized and become part of all that is that kind of thing whoa that sounds awesome it is awesome (laughs) and knowing how energetically to get to states like that you can then apply it to whatever kind of sex you like to do you like penis and vagina fucking great you can apply these techniques there you like bdsm great you can apply those techniques there because it's about how to move the energy how to expand the energy how to extend the energy how do you start to amp up your, say I would like to, and yeah, it's true. Like if I wanted to expand or accentuate my sexual energy, how, breathe what, what more. Would I do? Okay. Breathe, 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 Into breathe. Into the nose, breathe. out through the mouth? Um, do you breathe two places? Because I do that when I work breathe. out. Okay, just breathe. Because now you can know that breathing in and out through the mouth increases energy and ex- Breathing in and out through the nose is more relaxing. Oh, it's okay. helpful to know that. That is helpful. And I, it, during the years I was studying this, 
I must have, and I worked with uh, my my male teaching partner, Chester, was incre- as fascinated with breath as I was. So, and you kind of knew that that was we, like you were onto something. Oh with yeah, that. yeah, it yeah. was. We knew that day one. The, Annie and I, our first tantra teacher, one of the first things she taught us was how to have an orgasm just by breathing, a what? full bodied orgasm just by breathing. Right. Yeah. And how hard is that to teach? Incredibly simple. I do it all the time. Can we do that at some point in this interview? I'm just. We can try. Okay. Okay. Try. I'm also going to releasing a a, a meditation uh, tapes. Uh, you know, we used to call them tapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> people Tracks. still ask me for tapes. Um, <laughs> um, old people. Uh, but, um, I had tapes. Yeah. I'm 33. I had lots of tapes. I had, oh, I recorded cassette tapes off the radio all the time. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. Um, so a meditation uh, rec- recording that'll be available soon. That oh, great. Talks you through, through it. The, okay. Oh, but wow. Basically, you breathe. A bit more fully and deeply than you usually do. Chester and I studied and practiced every conceivable, well, that we could think of, different way to breathe to see if they had different effects, and they do. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you don't need to know that. All it's, right, it's interesting at the advanced stages, but right now all you need to do is stop holding your breath while you're having sex, either with yourself mm-hmm. or with someone else. That's I so interesting, that and it's really yeah. hard to keep breathing. As you get right, right, right near an orgasm, mm-hmm. the body tends to hold its breath anyway, and you can use that constructively. But this holding your breath as if you're really quiet and hold your breath, you can that's find the orgasm. Me masturbating all the time. Yeah, it's everybody. <laughs> I have a theory that's probably not true, but I love the theory, um, <laughs> which is that when we were kids learning to practicing being sexual with mm-hmm. ourselves, you know. What did we have to be? Quiet, quiet and quick. Mm-hmm. And Very how true. how are you quiet and quick? You hold your you breath. You don't breathe. You don't breathe. Mm-hmm. So we learn how that orgasm happens like a, a, a short volcano uh, in X number of seconds by holding our breath. And isn't it kind of like riding a bike or learning to type? Once you learn it one way, it's real hard to it takes Can't learn another. Yeah. Well, it was funny because I actually I've never masturbated in my in my childhood home. Like I didn't masturbate until I left the house and went to college. But I was just discussing this last night because I noticed like how much I hold my breath when I'm right about to come, and I was like, is this like low level auto erotic asphyxiation? Like that was my because I was like, it's um like almost when you when you can't breathe anymore, there is something erotic about. I like choking and stuff like that. Yeah. too so that's how i made that kind of uh correlation in my mind um but i was talking to kirsten who uh barbara just randomly knows my therapist and who <laughs> we, and we it's a very kind of like um non-traditional therapy i would say and um uh, I was like telling her that I have a creative blockage and she was like, it's great that you're talking to Barbara tomorrow. And she was trying to explain to me in like a, a, a short amount of time how like um, creativity and like s- sexuality are very intertwined. And she goes, huh. you get very tired when you um, orgasm or are you energized? And I said, I get tired, like knocked out, like completely out of it. And she was like, well, that means you're, you're blocking your creative energy. Um, really? Yeah. And I was, and then, then I was like, how do I redo this? So, cause like I can usually only come like uh, clitorally or vaginally and like even like a finger inside me or a toy inside me makes me nauseous, which we've talked about on the podcast before. And she recommended, well, I mean, she recommended talking to you, but then also like, she's like, just breathe through it. Cause it's not like excruciating pain. It's just like a, it's just a, disc- a an unpleasant feeling. Um, 
And so I was actually like working on this because my homework was to try to have like a G-spot or a, a cervical orgasm uh, to kind of like break through. <laughs> um, I didn't know if you had any tips on like, and she, she was like literally just like breathe through it. And I tried it and I was able to like get further in someone like touching my G-spot than I was previously. I mean, it's still, I didn't like orgasm by any means, but I didn't know if you had any insight onto, onto that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have to say, this is just kind of my rule of thumb. Yeah. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Mm. Uh, that's a good that's rule. What I had been, that's what I had been living by, but then she was she but, was like, you're holding trauma in your vagina. But, <gasps> oh, no, Glenn, get the trauma out of your pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea, too. Um, let's, how, what mm. I would suggest is a beginning, because I get the the whole notion of of a block but i i try not to use that word mm -hmm, because uh -huh. the minute we hear the word block we create one um uh. i tend to think of sexual energy and orgasmic energy kind of like water and you know how like water will get in anywhere it will just find seep. its way or seep you know you can't keep it out forever right um and that's i kind of think of of the energy as water dissolving the block getting around the block just because it's there doesn't mean you can't be creative doesn't mean you can't have sexual pleasure it's just something that you know it's a little bit in the way mm -hmm. i don't okay. i don't want to give it more power than that right makes sense so the breath and learning to breathe through the orgasm will appear will appear it's sort of like oh my god there it is there it is there it is urge to hold your breath instead take a bigger breath okay mm orgasm will run away it will move down the track a bit it, it, you'll go fuck that right. was such lousy advice <laughs> <laughs> right and thinking of samantha and sex in the city i lost my orgasm yeah like that. and i have lost my orgasm and i did it last night you just breathe <laughs> breathe following it down the track because all it does is it really it feels like it hops away okay and you go, yeah. it's, it's not you gone you don't know yeah it's not gone but you also don't know where it went there you go <laughs> so keep that well said keep breathing mm -hmm. and it'll come back and it may happen again keep breathing through your mouth or your nose um i breathe through my mouth when i'm doing that but okay. you do what's comfortable for you okay people with asthma are going to breathe a different way is some you know, just right. breathe more than you usually do. In the morning, you have a bad breath. You gotta breathe with your mouth <laughs> closed. <laughs> Only if there's someone there's else there. Person, yeah, <laughs> and breathe, breathe, breathe. And as you come, uh, try to keep just continually breathing through it, mm -hmm. and even breathe through it happening. Okay. And see, my experience of that is an incredible expansion of the experience hmm. it's just bigger and wider and fuller and goes on longer and it takes practice and when you say hmm. breathe through something do you mean you know longer inhales longer exhales right but like i mean i can breathe like or i can just slowly calmly breathe in like what what kind of um, aggression are we talking about because <laughs> i can be I aggressive with the breath and it does different stuff. Um, aggressive is a good word, and I'm glad you used it. Because if you're being really aggressive with it, like... <sighs> like Lamont. That's not going to feel good. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you're inhaling and exhaling forcefully. 
Because that's and what I do when I have a panic to, attack. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And all you're going to do is induce panic. But if you can relax your jaw, like do a yawn, a fake yawn, mm-hmm. opens your throat, relaxes your jaw, then breathe. <sighs> all my emphasis, I was breathing through my mouth, and all my emphasis was on the inhale. I wasn't sucking it in. I was, but that's. If I had to make any effort, that's where it was. Right, okay. okay. <coughs> and so just right. like letting it, like trapping <sighs> something and letting it, letting like it free. out. Okay. That little sigh just tells me I'm not pushing it. Okay. Okay. <sighs> it just, go, oh, that's relaxed. If I were pushing it again, it would be. <sighs> <sighs> right. <sighs> and I don't want to do that because panic attack. Right. <laughs> um, so, and it, that's the kind of breath and your breath will start to breathe you eventually. You're not going to be like doing it. It's going to be maybe longer like you were doing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> 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 now, if you if you breathe like that while you're also doing PC muscle squeezes. Oh, yeah. The yeah. AKA Kegels, but I'm over white men naming Things like that after themselves. Good so, call. Oh, oh, that that's what that. that's named after. Doctor Kegel. I'll never call it a Kegel again. Oh, duh, of course, it's PC always PC exercises. Is that what we're calling it? Uh, PC, PC squeezes. PC squeezes. It, it tells you what to do. <laughs> right. That just makes me think of politically correct. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. that's like always Give me a PC a- squeeze. <laughs> oh yeah, the word, the phrase PC was not as misused. Right. Um, when I named it that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or when I stripped it of its previous title, right. <laughs> is more to the point. Uh, but uh, tra- practicing, and if you're going to hold your breath after you've been uh, masturbating or having sex and breathing a lot, if you're going to hold your breath, do it totally. I mean, like clench your abs, clench oh. your butt, clench your pelvic floor, clench your whole clench. body, and hold your breath for like 15 seconds and go for it totally okay and then let go okay oh. that's another energy orgasm technique whoa so if you're gonna do it really do it mm-hmm. not just the oh i'm holding my breath but everything nothing else has changed because yeah. when i masturbate and i i always hold my breath and my ex-boyfriend of seven years would always say like you tense up and you just when you're about to come and you don't let it go through you he's trying to say something along those lines yeah yeah but so in my book urban tantra uh, it's called urban tantra sacred sex for the 21st century the breath and energy orgasm technique is in there in detail so until the recording is available uh, and there's an audio book now so you can use that um as as a recorded meditation because there's an audio book Perfect. So you have given yourself a full body orgasm from breathing? Oh, countless times. And how long did it take you to learn to do that? You know, it's a good question. The first, I'm fond of a couple of techniques uh, because I've practiced many, but these are the two I think most people get easily. The breathing up the body, in in Tantra we would say breathing up the chakras, but those are just where... uh, you know the locations of glands it's mm-hmm. just okay. root lower belly solar plexus so heart breathe into those one at a time throat and when when, eye, when you crown. say breathing in uh, uh you, you just, imagine right imagine. you think of that like 
I can say like I've been in play, like yoga or something and it's like breathe in your feet and I can yeah, do yeah. it and I feel my feet tingle. I'm like, that's, that's it. cool. That's it. That's exactly it. Exactly. Yeah. So do that. Okay. And you just breathe up energizing the body one section at a time, one chakra at a time. And that one, Annie and I learned from our teacher, Jawala, and I got it first time out of the box. It wow. was just like, wow, oh man, this is fabulous. It took Annie about some months of practice to get it. However, we went to Joseph Kramer's, uh, I don't know what he called it. I called it Joseph's dance and breathe till you come party. Uh, <laughs> that's only that the best not, party ever. <laughs> yeah, but it's not what he called it, but okay. that's what it was. <laughs> he just called it a, par- a birthday party. <laughs> something like tantric group rebirth or something. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and what we did was was breathe, 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 run and dance, eye gaze, dance some more, breathe some more, lie down on the floor. Here comes the clench and hold. Um, clench, hold your breath and clench everything and just like, push it the easiest way to do it is just push yourself into the bed after you've clenched like your pelvic floor right and is that when you're supposed to have an orgasm and hold on for 15 seconds clench clench hold hold let go and that's when the orgasmic experience happens Whoa. it took me months to get that one meanwhile annie's like Wee, whoopee, whoa, okay so that is... technique worked for annie so i put the two of them together when i teach wor- workshops figuring that i'm upping my odds that people will people feel gonna, something yeah. <laughs> yeah and then they can concentrate on the bit they didn't feel as much from later if they choose to but at least they've got a tool that already works right so yeah but now it doesn't feel exactly like a genital orgasm in fact most people report at me included that the only place you don't feel a breath and energy orgasm is in your genitals really it's it but it still it, feels as good as that it, kind of it's it's it, you go oh yeah i see why they call this an orgasm and wow. i think we all need to expand our definition of orgasm orgasm is not something that just happens when your genitals are stimulated it's just not it's a much bigger experience if you let it be and i think you like um my examples are always have you ever laughed so hard that you thought you could die from laughing yeah and that's the best that is like one of the greatest feelings exactly when you finally get a breath when you finally go oh my god i'm not (laughs) going to die and get into it and you're like (laughs) (laughs) what does that feel like to me it feels like the afterglow it's like a recovery an orgasm yeah yeah and um and it it has that same tingle feeling and that same a little bit out of body feeling and and so i call that a giggle gasm and (laughs) we've all had giggle gasms we've all had cry gasms Mm -hmm. oh and many of us have had anger gasms if we haven't stopped ourselves in the middle i feel like i've probably had that and didn't know it what's an anger gasm an anger gasm is is a pure release of anger that doesn't inflict violence on anyone else in other mm. words, it's happening. Oh, I've never hit anybody or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, but, but. It, it's, it, most of us pr- hold ourselves back from angergasms because anger is, is really scary. Yeah. You kind of have to, um, you can get into an angergasm through like an anger meditation. Um, oh, there's an anger meditation? Oh, there, um, I'm trying to think of the teacher who created a brilliant one. It'll come to me. Um, and... Debbie Ford. Debbie mm-hmm. Ford. Okay. Uh, the late Debbie Ford created a, an anger meditation based upon, uh, back to Osho, an Osho meditation. She, she borrowed bits of that. And it it was just amazing because you were just with your own anger. There was, and, and it wasn't anger that was ne- uh, necessarily situationally 
attached. Right. It was just anger. And it's anger. Felt great. Oh, it sounds amazing. It's like lighting an inner, inner volcano and setting it off, <laughs> oh. but having it do no damage. Oh my God, that sounds like the best day of my it life. It is, it is, it <laughs> is. Because I so much anger in me. It is. Wow. <laughs> what about, we hear a lot from women who can't or have never had an orgasm or they're they're like, I don't know if I have. So we're obviously like, you haven't probably. Um, what would you say? Obviously, every person is unique and the circumstances that have led them there are unique. But what? where do you start with that when someone asks you that? Is there anything that advice you'd give? Because we get that question all the time and I'm like, nah. turn you, the lights off, turn the air conditioning on and, you know, do you? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I'll ask first some of, of that is because most people, most women who are asking that question have tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. Say, what do you, um, yeah, what do you imagine a great orgasm is? Mm-hmm. And then listen and go, okay, um, maybe it's, um, it's often I don't know and go, okay, but make it up. Yeah. If you knew, what would you know? And, um, play to that desire okay you want something that's related to a partner or you want something that's slow and frees you from daily cares or you just want an amazing feeling because we don't know because we haven't had one right so Mm -hmm. and i start with that because basically what i'm trying to do is give them what they want Well, and they they're looking for the path, right? And Energetically, then, and just and like, then we're forming the path. Yeah, and then we a combination of the physical and the breath work. And I, I know some people. There's a, a young woman wrote a book, uh, the name of which I will not recall right now, and it was her path to finding an orgasm. And passing through the breath and energy orgasms was one of the things she tried. Hmm. Um, I recommend vibrators a lot. Okay, I mean that's where I start. Be, I, I'm of the Betty Dotson school that way. Mm-hmm. You don't? Uh, do you believe in uh, desensitization? I use vibrators all the time. That's the only thing that no, gets I me don't. off. So, but no, I'm I don't. not. I mean, so, like everyone, like I don't. I was worried. I got the Hitachi, like a, the jacked up version, and I'm like, oh, I hope I'm not gonna. And you're it, only it gonna. Doesn't. You're only gonna desensitize it for a short period of time afterwards. Okay. And that does happen. You okay. know, if you were to have an orgasm with a Hitachi Magic Wand, the souped up version, right. which I love as well. I have the speed control and everything. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then try to use your fingers half an hour later 20 minutes later probably not so much right um but that's only a problem if the electricity goes out right yeah (laughs) and as a friend of mine said do you she she would ask the question do you come easy or do you come hard and a lot of women come hard yeah Mm -hmm. and they need vibrators yeah it's just that freaking simple (laughs) yeah and that's not a bad thing and that's not a (laughs) and now that um now that uh vibrators all the good vibrators, in my opinion, come in rechargeable. Yeah. It used to be that you'd be dragging cords around. Yeah. You'd be, you know, I can't tell you how many I blew up um, <laughs> traveling internationally oh, and, the wrong. And, and, yeah. and forgetting in my jet lagged state that I hadn't put on the, 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 <laughs> the converter. converter. The pl- yeah. Boom. Oh, there goes oh, another no. hundred bucks. Oh no, that's so uh, wow. sad. And I finally started buying electric vibrators because I come hard uh, in, <laughs> in, in every, you know, electrical configuration yeah. on the planet. Can, can you make the, yourself come also with your hand? Not so easily. I can't. 
not so easily. I started masturbating I, I could, by humping things, so I needed a. I don't know if that. Speaking of desensitization, I, no. that's just how I learned to come. So I need pressure, like just a lot, like now an alarming amount. That's that's uh, uh, that's a terrific observation because there the two main uh, touches for producing orgasms are pressure and friction. Yeah. And what, in fact, for my erotic awakening massage for gen- gender non-binary folk, mm-hmm. that we don't talk about named body parts unless they the person has a specific name they wish us to use. Right. We just rely on, uh, we approach genitals as though, um, well, they all have glands and shafts and legs and bulbs. And we approach the genitals as though we've never seen them before. And all we know is glands and shafts and legs and bulbs. And then we play with friction and pressure. Okay. And what do you mean legs and bulbs? Those legs uh, legs of the clitoris, which, ex- which oh, are... Like yeah, the nerves? And, meaning, uh, uh, the, the legs of the clitoris are anatomically... You can all Google this while you're listening. <laughs> um, there, are, there are charts... And actually, I'm, I'm going to do a shout out and a plug. My friend Cindy Darnell, that's C-Y-N-D-I Darnell dot com. She was recommended by Kirsten, too. That's like oh, my she's second gotta, name. She's yeah. got to do this podcast. She just she moved lives here from Australia, Australia yeah. right? Yeah. She's oh. got the Atlas of Erotic Anatomy and Arousal. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It is a must watch. Oh, it's a, oh, I can watch it's it. It's a okay. video series. Okay. She's funny. It's accurate every person on the planet no matter what you have in between your legs needs to see this series and yes she divides it into basically vulvas and and penises however the way she presents the information is pretty is is gender free she's talking anatomy mm-hmm. um and actually it's a re- it's required for everybody who goes through my professional training program oh, okay so get wow. it now yeah um and it explains in detail the legs the bulbs the anatomy of the clitoris how it's a, an organ that actually extends up in, into the urethral sponge the whole g-spot thing is that whole thing's getting that Ooh, it, it, is it not a, mm, not so much i know i heard when i was younger like oh you know it's like a it's like a piece of sandpaper up by your belly button and i i remember going i don't fucking feel anything it's the urethral sponge is erotic period the clitoris when people say you know i want a g-spot orgasm i want a cervical orgasm i want a vaginal orgasm so g-spot and cervical are different it's all a lot of feel-good tissue and all (laughs) orgasms are primarily clitoral it's just different parts of the clitoris that are being stimulated depending on where you are in the vulva and vagina i remember Hmm. one time this was a little after college and i told my ex this because he had been dating he was dating a porn star at the time so we were talking about sex and and i was telling him i had a a orgasm in my asshole but like on the outside but it was isolated to that area and i know i don't have a prostate but i'm like what the what is that and then he was like really i've never heard of that but i'm like no that's and i googled it and nothing and then now when i google it there are there's information about it but what is that people are starting to get smarter you see there is there's almost no scientific research on sexuality right Right. because that's it's scary i don't know I think repressing sexuality is a form of control on a of religious a religion, I, government, whatever. We live in a Judeo-Christian yeah. uh, theocracy, yeah. basically. 
I mean, look what just went down. I know. Uh, look, and, and you know what? I could say that phrase any day and people would just apply whatever had happened that <laughs> right. day to yeah. it. Look what just went down. <laughs> um, and there is so... You could have an orgasm. Um, you could have a nipplegasm. <sighs> can uh-huh. anybody can, have that? Anybody can, but paraly- uh, paralyzed people are particularly good at it because... Really? Um, you know, uh, uh, for, I had one friend who was paralyzed from roughly the just below her breasts down she could feel if you stimulated her clitoris she could have an orgasm that she could feel in her head and in her nipples whoa um another paralyzed person um i talked to could have um an orgasm if a piece of skin kind of on their neck behind their ear was stimulated in just the right way Hmm. wow we're wired for orgasm i like wilhelm reich's theories and he basically said that orgasm was the body's natural heal uh, uh, tension release healing restorative system Mm -hmm. that it did it better than anything else and that bodies seem to be wired to have that experience it's there for a reason beyond just our pleasure it's good for the whole ecosystem right and so the body will pretty much go out of its way to allow you to have an orgasm if your intention is there to have one Hmm. really so that is my belief and my observation wow and 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 men like like because i know i don't know men come uh, uh, like, the, the the paraplegic person I talked about with the ear that was male. Oh, interesting. Okay, wow. And what if so? So then, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of uh, specifically, uh, women have talked to us about they can only if they either can't come or they can only come clitorally, which I, I, yeah, but I mean, I'm not that kind of person because it's I, all a clitoral orgasm, right? Even if it's in your butthole. Okay, you're right. It's not all. Yeah, <laughs> because because that really I, when that happened, I was like, "What the fuck? Okay. Do I have a? Was I born with a button that I didn't know?" Like, I, I think we are erotically. <clears throat> al- remember that all our sex organs were identical pre-birth. We it's all the same jelly poured into different molds. Okay, huh? It's Good all it, the yeah. same tissue. Right. It's just rearranged amongst different styles of genitals. Yeah. Sometimes called male and female, sometimes called intersex, sometimes called something else. Yeah. So, example, early, early on, Cindy was there, Mm -hmm. um, I believe. Uh, I was doing what we called yoni massage workshops in Sydney. Yoni, vulva, vagina in Sanskrit. Um, And a trans woman who now identifies as pansexual pansexual oh, uh, between uh, neither nor neither nor uh, okay. it was so it a person. was a person who um, had had um, surgery that converted their penis to a vulva and vagina they were not on hormones they were already between the genders and they said could I come to the workshop and I said do you have a yoni they said yes I said you're in Mm -hmm. (laughs) because anatomically that's what we were gonna do right right. and we she was she at the time she wanted to know um 
basically how it worked, <laughs> just like everybody else in the room. <laughs> right. And, yeah, that's the big question. We were doing erotic massage in, in group in threes, rotations of threes. And everybody, uh, this is way back in the early 90s, uh, was practicing, what does it feel, this on the G-spot, you know, G-spot massage. And my friend, Nori was her name, and it's okay because she cops to this story she likes be, being <laughs> talked about okay. uh, and nori said um uh i said now how does that feel that feels great do i have a g-spot well technically you're not supposed to yeah well it feels great okay perfect then when when we put the same if you put two fingers in the vagina and kind of make a come hither ge- gesture right. you hit the urethral sponge turn that hand over so it's now aimed down yeah okay, toward your the back a- toward your back yeah. yeah and press down and now she had a prostate so that felt good too mm. so all the other nice. pe- uh, cis women in the room are like oh let's try that see what happens with us yeah and when we did that stroke they all went oh my god that feels fabulous why because they paved the pathway for it. I don't like you were saying at the very beginning, like I asked um, my partner is Kate Bornstein, who had genital reassignment surgery, uh, a now called gender confirmation surgery um, in 86. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed her surgeon way back in the day. He's passed away now. And I said, how come Kate appears to have a G spot? And and he just looked at me and said, well, you know, I don't think I put it there. <laughs> There's just a whole lot of erotic tissue down there. Okay. And that was a surgeon. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. A, a country surgeon. But <laughs> that was uh, that was Dr. Biber, one of the pioneers of, of, of that of the surgery. surgery. Oh, okay. And um, so Kate has. So th- that's how, I mean, you know, it's who knows uh, it, that's why you had an orgasm in your butthole right it sounds more like like zig zag ah from the spice girl song wannabe which is like it, it's something that can be translated into anything that you want it to be so i think your g-spot is just like anything you a want a pleasurable to. spot inside or you know because something you, you, come and you touch their nipples yeah and you can you can trace the nerves mm-hmm. you can trace which nerve system um different areas of the body are are wired to and Uh there are different nerve um pudendal nerve um Mm. vagus nerve different sensations run on different nerves so that does make a difference there is some anatomy to it okay but um what i really what i love is knowledge of anatomy combined with an intentional naivete once you learn the anatomy you sort of unlearn it which is an actual term on you know because you can't unlearn something completely Mm -hmm. but you kind of loosen your death grip on it okay stop (laughs) getting so technical and And then you adopt an intentional naivete an intentional curiosity Mm -hmm. it's like i'm going Mm. to i'm going to pretend that I don't know all this stuff and just see what happens. <laughs> but of course, you do know that stuff in the background. But the attitude of, I wonder what magic would happen if we tried this. Yeah. Right. Well, that's how I got the butthole orgasm. Exactly. Because I was just like, there, eh, I got time. Let's explore, you know? And then just that's, exactly. That can take you. That's the attitude. Um, in Tantra, we, one of the main precepts is 
let go of a goal. If a certain kind of orgasm in a certain period of time with a certain person done a certain way is your goal and it doesn't happen exactly that way, you're a failure. Right. However, if you just kind of go, hey, I would just like to feel more relaxed and closer to you, beloved partner, and uh, just have a giggle of a good time and see where we go. Any number of delicious surprises could be at the end of that path. Hmm. That does sound like a fun path. Yeah, it's how, so, yeah. You're so you're not as like you know how it said like there's like seven types of orgasms so that you're not of that school of thought. I think there's a thousand types of orgasms. Oh, that's mm-hmm. much better. I like <laughs> that some one of them better. have to do with genitals. Some of them do not. Okay. Well, you've had an orgasm. You said one time you it felt like you had an orgasm in your shoulder when you were coming well, down was, from. But that was drug related. Yeah, that's but LSD. Still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It but can't can still that un- be orgasmic? Can't that un- oh yeah, un-block? sure. Well, I mean, because or, or, or people forget that orgasmic is just like a word that you can use in in non sexual uh, life. Uh, but I mean, like, yeah, because a lot of the things you were describing, like a full body orgasm, to me, that's just like what you know, Molly or MDMA t- feels like. It's a non like because uh, yeah. to me, that's never. It's never. Uh, in in my genitals drugs are like a, one of the few times when i'm usually like never thinking about sex because there's just so much other things going on in your body often that's a good description for a breath and energy orgasm mm. oh. and in fact um i say in 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 workshops um i did holotropic birth breath work stanislav grof in uh developed um holotropic breath work Back in the 60s when they outlawed LSD, he was using LSD as a, as a psychiatric yeah. process, process, and he founded this breath work. He, just, he created, discovered, repurposed, whatever, this breath work into holotropic breath work because mm. uh, it had the same effect. Mm-hmm. And when Whoa. I did holotropic... As LSD? Yeah. And when I had... um got to do that. Yeah. You've got to do holotropic breath work. Um, right there it's uh, Holotropic breath work. Just Google it. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, when I did holotropic breath work, which is a three-hour breath process... Wow. It was better than any hallucinogen I'd ever done. Uh-huh. Really? But very similar. Uh-huh. Whew. Really? Damn, Simil- our bodies are more amazing than we ever no give them shit. credit for. And, and often, sex is, to me, like the way in. For, you know, it's a, the way in for a lot of people to their spirituality, yeah. to their emotions. It's the door opener. It's, yeah. It's, and it can point us to what it is we really want. I'm going back to the why sex question. I really encourage everybody to ask themselves, why do I do sex? What's the big payoff? If I had to pick one thing that is the real drive that why I want to do sex, what is it? And like, it usually has something to do with connection, but people differ wildly Mm. in terms of what they want to be in connection with. Can you give us some examples? Nature, oh. their own inner being yeah. or inner inner peace. Um, a partner is only one choice. God, goddess, all that is yeah. is a big one. It's mine. Yeah. Um, and and um, it's it's. I got I, I in my book. Ecstasy is necessary. I asked this question, and then I listed them all, and then I kind of put them into rough categories. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, connection's there, but it doesn't just mean connection to someone else. And when you know why you want to do sex, and then you start down a path of conscious sexuality, it will open other portals. Ooh, I want to do that. 
that's what the holotropic breath work did because oh. MDMA, MDA, uh, MDMA, it, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> does that portal opening thing? Sure. Oh. And that's what holotropic breath work w- was like for me. Except the portals just kept going and going and going and huh. going and going wow. and going and going. Um, that sounds amazing. Less geometric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, um, but then you can kind of follow that path more consciously. Like if it's nature or what you know, you can explore whatever that desire is outside of sex, as well as with sex. Yeah, it's the door opener. And when you say sex, or do you are you including in that category masturbation, like sex uh, with yourself? Sex with yourself, so not necessarily partnered sex. Absolutely, partner sex is one small category. Really, that's so funny for me. That's like a, oh, yeah. Um, I know put a lot I, of emphasis on that category. I, 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 yeah, they do. I'm. I wanted to get back to the the women having orgasms things real quickly. Yeah. Um, it's really good to know that only thirty percent of female bodied people can have an orgasm. With through penis in vagina sex, thirty percent. I think that's yeah, the I last. Know, I knew it was low. That's the last statistic and I read. Why is because, it the anatomy? Yes. Okay, yes. that's what I thought. Because we re- I researched this for the together. book, and I'm and I'm like, because there's so many different types of vaginas, for example. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. There's so many different kinds, and you could see in some of them the clit. You could see like it's long, or it's in in in. in meteor vagina is like it looks like there's more opportunity to have an orgasm if you put and you know and the glands is only one piece of the, of the puzzle yeah. yeah so you know you can have penis and vagina they, they make a wonderful variety of sex toys where you can be using a vagina sometimes where uh, a vagina a vibrator wearing mm-hmm. one you know while somebody's fucking you right yeah you know, that's like my just, favorite activity yeah, yeah there's, there's <laughs> a million different ways to do this if we just let go of the I'm broken because this can't happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, too, a lot of times uh, if somebody else, the partner's ego gets in the way of like, well, oh, you don't, you need that and not me. Well, yeah, get over it. It's nothing against yeah, you. Get it's over it. It's truly not personal. Stop I think, taking it that way. I think, I think starting those conversations in advance of having sex are yeah. really helpful. Very. Like, um, you know, what I really like, what I really like is, what I really don't like is, and oh, by the way, um, you know, I am not an easy comer. I require a vibrator. Yeah. So even if we're fucking, you know, here it is. I brought it with me. Yeah, have that conversation before. Yeah, it, that way it, it eliminates the it, it it it's not you conversation. Right. And if they're still uncomfortable with it, you're with the wrong person. Yeah, I was, that's yeah, that was my <laughs> instinct. <laughs> what happens when I pri- I I have sex mostly with with men? I've had sex with a woman maybe a couple times in my life, but ma- mainly it's with men. And so one time i i'm just curious what your thoughts are on this i was having i had a crush on this this guy like a, a not too long ago and we i really wanted to sleep with him because i thought he was very attractive and he's very charming and i just liked being around him and i wanted to i just wanted to sleep with him i wanted and we started having sex and i immediately knew i'm like this is he was just selfish and but not in an not in an unkind way but i'm like you're uh I put it in layman's terms in my head, but I'm like, you're not good at this. Like, you're just not. And I, beyond, it's beyond me going, okay, let's slow down. It was just beyond that. But when you, have you ever found yourself in a type of situation like that? And what do you say? Can you fix it? How do you, how do you make that suck less? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I suppose there's a number of ways. Just get it over quickly and understand. <laughs> That's what I did. I just, I blew him because I'm really good at that. And I was like, okay. 
And and just go, hey, you know, uh, and your story makes me feel sad. I mean, because that's the level of sex education that this charming, gorgeous being has not learned any sexual skills. I know. Because where was he going to learn them? Right, and it's not it's certainly not and, his fault. And but yet, you know, but I, but I was I I kind of got mad at myself because I'm like, I mean, me of all I I'm not a sex educator by any means, but I mean, part of a huge part of our career is talking about sex. Right. I should have taken the time to do that, but it it seemed beyond repair, even though I I knew it wasn't, but beyond my ability to repair. It's not your job. job. To take him to school unless yeah. you want to marry the guy. Oh, you know? so no. Okay, yeah. yeah I did know? not want to. Yeah. It's it's not your job. And also, we can be grateful that he was simply bad at it as opposed to enacting some porn movie oh, impossibility right. with and you. And I've had that. Oh, God. Yeah, so, you know, but yeah. at least this way, it's like he's, you still think he's a, he's a he's gorgeous, a sweet guy. Sweet guy. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to be kind. Right. And you're just going to end it as best you can and just, just not the go sex there was again. so bad i saged my apartment the second he left like i was just like that i i i bad sex to me is it's the worst it, it's yeah it's it is so bad yeah yeah <laughs> it sounds very dramatic but i, no, I and you did like then it. you do your cleansing ritual and go okay <laughs> well you know i tried yeah and but really if if it's not working get out of it yeah. and i admire that you did it kindly because the right. person you were with was was kind yeah yeah i'm not gonna be like you suck at this leave like that, that's terrible yeah that would only be if someone were being mean to you and right. he was not right right but i mean there is something like i mean i think there is something like kind of mean about like like coming like especially as like a male female kind of thing like men come a lot and then just like try to make peace sure yeah. and like don't even don't even ask you or don't even put a thing like don't i just don't allow people to leave which i guess maybe is sexual assault but <laughs> it's not like i lock the door you know but i just go uh all right time to make me come like i just say it like yeah. that i'm very uh, i definitely knew that he wasn't gonna make me come at all i just, just tap with out the sometimes i literally just say like in a night and in, in a nice way because yeah. i'm like mean in real life but i'm actually very nice in like sex life and then i'm just like <laughs> this is i just like oh i just i just don't think that. this is gonna work tonight you know like in yeah. a nice way and i think it's because it's like i i can't let myself be there if i know it, it may, that's like almost like i feel like i'm sexually assaulting myself in some ways like yeah it, you know it's just not good for you it's just not that's, i can't be there that's the that's why bad sex is that's bad. the that's the we're, we're now in that consent realm again yeah tapping out is is you know is keeping within your consent <laughs> right and i feel like too i mean i know with uh like female identifying people they they're the society the way society has treated women with with every little thing the the dress every everything we wear everything what we look like and all that stuff i think when you were describing at the top of the interview about like holding your breath and stuff i almost feel like they like i don't know there's just so many mental walls to get over and mountains to climb i think a lot of times with women and coming and it's really it's and that's why i feel like that's why a lot of times and i've certainly i've been in sexual situations where afterwards i'm like i didn't want to do that why mm. couldn't i know i didn't want to do that in the moment it wasn't a shock i mean it wasn't like a, something terrible happened and i was i froze because that i understand but I'm like i wanted to get out of that and i didn't like why meaning like i feel like women aren't as present during it maybe <sighs> i think we dissociate because um we've had so much bad sex we've learned how to dissociate and it's and and so it's like our first go-to yeah because on some level i think 
many of us think that's safer than having a confrontation. Yeah. It's, you know, it is safer to dissociate and deal with it later. Yeah. Um, hmm. I think we're just beginning to be at the place where we're starting to observe that we all do that and we're talking about it. Yeah. We never used to talk about it. We just did it. And now I think we're like, like your phrase about tapping out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more of us feel safer to tap out yeah as opposed to just finish and get it over with uh you're you're aside because he was their sweet guy yeah, yeah. um but <laughs> well uh, there's still a whole lot of bad sex out there that isn't exactly outside our consent but it's way outside our preference mm-hmm. <laughs> right and people could be making it bad like, i feel like people have accepted bad sex so a lot of a, a too big of a chunk you, of people. You gotta practice at home. Practice at home. Practice at home. Figure out what you like. Figure out what you don't like. Um, what is the best way to make you come? Uh, some people like or uh, women are like, oh, you know, the two o'clock position on my clitoris is exactly the right one. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, that would be the go-to instruction. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, just get better and better and better with yourself. And then it's much easier to insist on that when you're with someone else. Right. It's like, no, no, not not now. Just let me breathe. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 you know your body more. You know what's going to work. Right. And it, you become, you, you start adopting that, that feel, that premise of, I give myself orgasms. They help. <laughs> but I am, I am responsible. That's the phrase. I am responsible for my own orgasms. That's kind of a great thing for life, though, because you can use that in anything. Like personal responsibility is just lacking kind of in society as a whole. So if you take Agreed. personal responsibility of your orgasm, then it's like working inwards out. And then the world is your oyster. Exactly. That's a great, that's a great concept to live by. Um, do you have a couple more minutes? I know I told you in an hour because we just had a two, a couple more things because we got <laughs> so uh, deep in the orgasm. Um <laughs> Well, we always ask our guests kind of like, obviously, you're someone who sex has played a, 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 and sexuality has played a large part in your life. So we like to ask, like, how did you get started in sexuality? And like, what was your first sexual experience? Which I know we kind of talked about over email a little bit. If you wanted to tell us that. We can tell you again. <laughs> uh, m- uh, because the reason we talked about it over email was that I wasn't sure I should share it. Right, right. Uh, but you, you haven't given me permission. Here For goes. Sure. Um, <laughs> I was 15 and I was doing my first summer of summer stock. It doesn't get more exciting than that for yeah. a theater kid. Yeah. Um, except when the 38-year-old director uh, makes a really elegant pass at you and you take him up on it. Elegant pass? <laughs> what was his elegant pass? Oh, it was just a really incredible kiss. Oh, wow! <laughs> wow! And and uh, so yes, the first time I had a sex, I was fifteen. He was thirty-eight, and it wasn't that time. It wasn't like you know one kiss and bang. It was actually almost a year later. We saw each other and got increasingly a bit more sexual. Mm-hmm. And he never he never pressured me for sex. He never he he you know there was like would you like to try this kind of thing yeah but uh, uh wait he never pressured me for intercourse that's what i'm actually right. specifically saying okay until i was ready for it mm-hmm. and therefore when i was ready for it it was 
fabulous. Really? And I continued. What a buildup. I mean. Oh, it was. Yeah, exactly. You had a year of foreplay. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and what, what, it, what would it be called when you were a teenager? Third base. Lots of third base. <laughs> oh, yeah. But just not home runs. Um, right. And um, uh, beyond that, um, uh, I remember for my 16th birthday, this is the person who gave me the book that is still my theater Bible. Oh. I mean, he was Amazing so man. instrumental mm-hmm. to who I am today. Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, I learned how I learned non-monogamy from him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was probably not doing poly. He was probably just cheating, but. I was going to say ethical non-monogamy or unethical <laughs> You think I had that conversation? Right, 16? I know. Right, yeah. I just learned that word. So. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's been around two minutes. That yeah. word. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and uh, it was, and it went on for four years mm-hmm. until I finally ended it because I was just moving on and wanting to explore women more. And you know, yeah, I'm, it was a great experience. I'm devoutly pansexual, but it was a process of discovering that. Yeah, so. but How it was did- a delightful experience. <sighs> It's yeah, because awesome. I, 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 I and relationship and I yeah. and I later worked with him. He was an actor and a director on Broadway. I worked with him twice. Oh, cool! At, in years that followed, mm-hmm. and um, a couple of years ago, he came over to my house in Rhode Island for dinner. Wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah like, he and his wife. Right. <laughs> nice. The same wife. Same wife. Oh wow! Wow! And Did, the wife knew. They were just right. Yeah, 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 not yeah. sure. It's so interesting because I think when <laughs> you were concerned about telling it, like <laughs> Thank you. I think it's like whatever, whatever, however the experience well, like for felt you. for you. Because so often, like especially now, like everyone likes to be like, you were a victim and this happened and you should feel trauma. But it's like you feel however you feel yeah. about the experiences that you've had Everyone's in your life. Unloading their own I, shit. Um, you know, age of consent just is kind of like whatever country you happen to be in that when it happens mm. and um oh, also state by state and I state mean, by state sometimes it's 15 sometimes it's 18. and um it's um yeah there was it, it was i will say to this day and i know there are people who will argue you can't consent when you're that age because blah blah blah, blah that would plug in you the know reason. who you are and you know yeah. what you and it was like oh no yeah. this was a hundred 300% consensual. It right. depends who you are. When I was 16, I 100% could have consented. Like, I feel very much the same, like, men- mentally, which maybe is not great, but I, no. feel, I feel like me. I always felt like me. I talk to people about their inner 16-year-old, you know, the inner child thing? Yeah, yeah. I said, ah, uh, okay, we've done that. Let's talk to your inner 16-year-old. I bet you'll find that you believed many, if not all of, most of the same things at 16 as you do now yeah and yeah. if you let your inner 16 year old guide you with Ooh. the with the brain capacity you have now as an adult you will probably find yourself straight in the path of your true desire and i don't just mean sexually really? yeah no that's that's a good point because i think we often lose sight of like the things that we wanted to do when we were in high school or like whatever you wrote in your yearbook like this is my goal like i wrote like some stupid stuff like see on the red carpet but then i actually like went yeah. and pursued something that would allow me to be on the red carpet mine yeah. was uh the greatest pleasure in life is doing what people say you cannot do oh. like have an orgasm just by breathing <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, one other question I have for you: um, Do you ever work with vic- um, people who have been uh, experienced sexual assault? Yeah, because that's um, we. You know, we'll get emails all kinds. I was raped and I don't feel bad. Is that weird? No, it's not weird. You feel how you feel. I was raped. I can't come again. Like that's 
what what um how do you is there a obviously everyone has a unique case and they're 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 your own unique person anyway how do one does one begin to start rediscovering sexuality after being sexually assaulted is there anything any hot tips Mm. (laughs) but like you know just or things to keep in mind Uh, if you are attempting to do that go slowly yeah Go slowly. And um, no, there isn't any one specific one. Um, the circumstances are always different. Right. Um, violent assaults of somebody breaking into your apartment are very different than... Um, uh, an it, uncle. It, it, an uncle. I was just going to say incest when you were yeah. 12. And so by hearing a bit of the backstory, yeah, you... And and referring people to trauma specialists is a really good idea. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there are more and more people specializing in trauma work, um, but um, go slowly and beware of anyone who tells you that you just have to push past this. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. I have, sensitive. I have, you know, um, whatever it is. Right, right. You're not facing it squarely. You're going to be in this forever unless you take a leap into the heart of the darkness. Have you darkness. heard people say that? To- oh, yeah. Oh, my God. There are some tantra practitioners, one in particular I'm thinking of in Europe, um, who's, who used to be very fond of that technique. I hope he's out of business. Oh, my God. Um, he did a lot of damage. Um, so just um, if you, there are lots of different paths you might try, you the you the survivor right and um just back out if it doesn't feel right do not say but but this may be what it takes to right. get there if you feel unsafe no. or if you or feel unsafe or um tri- uh, you know seriously triggered, triggered. Yeah. i mean the ptsd kind of triggered not right. the i'm i'm uncomfortable or pissed off at you triggered but the ptsd yeah. triggered back off get support look in another direction it's keep looking yeah keep looking and um guidance of a qualified trauma specialist depending of course on the extent of the assault yeah of okay. course that's a good because i so many people have experienced some level of sexual assault i mean it is crazy we've heard every it's kind of anyone in new york city I feel yeah. like we've heard every kind of story you can ever hear From, i was raped as a baby i was yeah. raped as a four-year-old i was impregnated by my father when i was nine and he tried to give me an abortion i mean every Jesus. fucking story under the sun the stories i'd even know in my wildest dreams were possible right even, yeah. yeah i got you and 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 then all sorts of reactions to those experiences because everyone is everyone is born with this I level think, of resilience uh, yes and i think rewarding people for their resilience good point yeah is really important as in oh my god that happened to you and you don't feel blah 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 you feel instead okay about blah 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 mm-hmm. that's wonderful yeah as opposed to i must be a psychopath that this didn't bother me you know right yeah it's all the way you look at it is there absolutely um and so and the last thing that we want to talk about just because it's been um you know an interesting in quote a uh, couple of weeks as someone who as it always is yeah whose partner is a trans woman like what can cis people be doing to because it's so hard and i think a lot of people are still confused by what it means to be trans a trans experience obviously we have not had it but like what are things we can be doing besides you know donating to trans lifeline in a time where our government is actively trying to erase the existence of of trans people even though they can't be erased you know because not they're they're here this is like they're human beings that exist (laughs) yeah Yeah. erasers don't work that way yeah um (laughs) 
Kate wrote uh, uh, a piece for Rolling Stone. It's on RollingStone.com. Oh. Um, uh, about why the bullies won't win. Okay. And she says, and I agree, that what we need to do, the era of the rich, white, old male bully, real man, they have all the power, the they're, the percentage of them is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. But they're all in Congress. Yes. Yes. Wait. <laughs> wait for it. But they want people to think that they represent the majority and everybody else is a freaky separate minority. Mm-hmm. If women and gay people and people of color and trans people and sex workers and Everybody who isn't them got together in support of each other, uh, formed coalitions, even small local ones that provided an example to the community of people like I stand with Mm -hmm. because our issues are actually the same. If you can be erased, I can be erased. And if we band together, if if we stop being so sectionally argumentative. Right, yeah, well but put. It's like, you know, I don't, you, 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 no matter what you think your identity is, if you go to a Facebook page that celebrates your identity, people are going to be yelling at each other for not being a perfect enough identity. Yeah. Or saying the wrong thing. We have to fucking stop. Stop it. Mm-hmm. There's a Facebook group, uh, a, a transgender, where any intelligent discourse is allowed. I mean, the group was uh, intentionally formed so that we could talk about hard topics without jumping down each other's throat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if they were not PC. Squeeze right. them, everybody. Squeeze them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing it right now. And and so I, I agree with Kate. Just as if you aren't a certain uh, oppressed minority that you are in sympathy of, find a way to join up. Bring friends with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because it takes allies that aren't in the group to To and not to join. just be an ally. Say, we have the same issue. If, they're, if, if, if you're not the right gender, I'm probably not either. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if if you're not the, uh, you know, my, I could be an immigrant so easily because I want to get out of this country and live somewhere else so badly um, <laughs> that I can relate to the immigrant experience. You know, yeah. find points of connection. See, I, I totally agree, and like I even have more than we think. I wrote this whole piece, um, kind of you know, uh, on how feminism can take a lot of notes from the civil rights movement, yes. and like I, I had to take it. I like the publisher made me take it out of the book because she was like, "This is just." She's like, and I understand why she did because. Um, or the editor because it was going to cause more problems because people are not open to uh, discourse in the way that we try to be on the podcast right. on this podcast it's conversation and so it would turn into just a blip and you know then it would be like what the headline would be like white feminist uh, thinks that her struggle is the same and like that's not at all what I was saying I was literally saying like the point of history 
in my opinion, and I think in a lot of people's opinions, is to uh, we learn about it to like, yes, learn history, but also like take some notes on mistakes and issues and how are they solved. We always talk about the Salem witch trials. I mean, there's a lot of notes you could be taking and you just see the same things in society happening over and over again. And I was like, well, if we didn't separate this and think, well, this was people of color, this was disabled people, this was this yes. was immigrants, like we could have we could. If, I, I feel like we're just so precious about our own struggle, and it's a struggle off. Yeah, yeah, it yes. turns into that. A struggle yeah. off. And it's like, can we just agree that we all have yeah. struggles, and I, and that yeah. we care about each other? You've brought up a good point about um, knowing your medium. Mm-hmm. For instance, the what can we learn from the civil rights movement as feminists is a fabulous podcast idea where we where you could go into a deep discussion mm-hmm. with with a couple of people of color yeah trade ideas black feminists talk back and forth right black, uh, hispanic whatever i tried uh, to put it in the book and i tried to i tried to i was right daily beast uh, asked me to write an article and they also wouldn't take I, that because, the daily beast oh <laughs> no, man no one so would take it's, it. you were dropping some good ass points then that's <laughs> what that means so <gasps> it's like so where where can we have this conversation yeah on a podcast yeah you could have that on a on a podcast or a radio program yeah. or whatever and um that way if the person of color goes uh, 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 you can't have that one you can't mm-hmm. appropriate that and one like, okay. you work it out yeah. and yeah. give the model real of time. working it out in real time so right. yeah. it's like see how people can work it out and not just yell at each other yeah. and call each other terrible i really things encourage you to turn that into a podcast i think it sounds brilliant thank you well at least at least someone liked it <laughs> <laughs> Where can we find you online? What uh, uh, and and your books? Where can we buy your? I mean, I buy your books anywhere books are sold. But Website, like, yeah. what books should we buy? What where? Okay, here we go. BarbaraCarellis dot com. Carellis is two R's and two L's. A S. BarbaraCarellis dot com, and the books: Urban Dantra, Sacred Sex for the Twenty First Century. Now in a brand new second edition. Ooh. Ecstasy is necessary. Um, guide to relationships, sex, and O. So much more, and uh, if you can, uh, luxurious loving, which is a photo illustrated uh, intro tantric sex book. Ooh. And uh, what else? I have workshops frequently. I'm particularly proud of my professional training program. We just opened registration for the next one in the UK for um, oh. June. And training for? Um, it's for anyone who wants. It started as. Um, people who wanted to bring more conscious sexuality into their work, whatever their work was, whether they were pro-doms and escorts or um, yoga teachers or artists. We even had a doctor from the National Health in England come. Oh. People from every walk of life now have been through this program. Wow. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a step into not only changing how you do sex, but how you help other people to see sexuality in whatever field Ooh. you're in. Um, and it's my favorite program to teach. But workshops all the time. On various uh, categories uh, of uh, Yeah, all sorts of. Okay. And it's it's on your the page on the website for workshops and, cur- and upcoming events. And yeah, uh, look out for the uh, Breath and Energy Orgasm Instructional MP3, which is due any... Oh, I can't wait. Any week now. Um, it comes <laughs> so hard when that comes out. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. This was a great episode. We learned a lot. I'm, yes. I'm sure our listeners will be signing up for your courses. We have a lot of uh, sex educators and such who listen to the program. So That's great. This has been Guys We Fucked, the Anti-Slut Shaming Podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. 
When they see us, they seize up I'm black like diseased lungs I'd rather write a book than read one The white guys on my money won't allow my freedom Nothing worse than getting dirt all on a clean rug Take precautions and be cautious I can do anything and make it seem awesome I love cream cheese frost And some people don't listen and keep talking Please stop it, take a piece off with the sweet chocolate you, you got the cutest cheeks, now let me pinch those Let me see if you can take it till I reach your lymph nodes I'ma make this bitch moan as every inch goes Smacking that ass so hard that my handprint shows I'ma make it, that's word to my Aunt Evelyn You gon' die soon, word Third Love is passionate about the perfect fit, and they believe it's time for your bra to fit you, not the other way around. Their collections are designed by women for women, so you will love the way you feel under each and every look. And now they offer over 70 sizes and more than a dozen styles, so you'll find the perfect bra for every moment and every outfit. Get 15% off your first purchase by going to thirdlove.com GWF today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com.